You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. Former head of Russia's space agency says that the Apollo moon landings were fake. And in a recent video going around, Vladimir Putin is briefed that several moon landing images are considered to be fake by artificial intelligence. There's a great deal of human intelligence who do not believe that the Apollo moon missions were authentic. And here are some of the reasons why. NASA was run by former Nazi Werner von Braun, who was beholden to the U.S. government for secretly importing him into the country via Project Paperclip, as were the dozens of other Nazis who joined him to work as rocket scientists, all of them with a good reason to keep a secret. And the overwhelming majority of astronauts were Freemasons and the sons of Freemasons. Freemasons swear on their lives to keep the secrets they are entrusted with. Why on earth would anyone trust NASA? If the moon landing was real, it would have been a miraculous achievement because NASA was failing at every level of the mission and did not believe they would be able to achieve their goal. In 1967, government inspector Thomas Barron testified before congressional investigators that the Apollo program was failing. Six days after his testimony, he was killed with his wife and child when a train crashed into his car. Astronaut Gus Grissom held an unauthorized press conference where he criticized the program and said it would take another 10 years to fly to the moon. Five days later, he was killed on the job. Gus Grissom's last words were, how are we going to get to the moon if we can't talk between two or three buildings? Moments later, the Apollo 1 command module caught fire, killing astronauts Grissom, White, and Chaffee. Several key members of the Apollo mission resigned just months before the mission. What NASA had been successful at was a massive marketing operation that put space travel into the zeitgeist of American pop culture. And they had spent billions creating multiple sound stages with realistic models of the moon to begin producing simulations of the moon landing. NASA had several problems to solve. Problems with communications, the rockets, and the lunar module. But one of their biggest obstacles was deadly radiation. In order to reach the moon, one has to pass through what is known as the Van Allen Radiation Belt. And NASA announced in 2014 that this was still a problem when they launched an unmanned spacecraft to try to solve it. Radiation like this could harm the guidance systems, onboard computers, or other electronics on Orion. Naturally, we have to pass through this danger zone twice, once up and once back. But Orion has protection. 
Shielding will be put to the test as the vehicle cuts through the waves of radiation. Sensors aboard will record radiation levels for scientists to study. We must solve these challenges before we send people through this region of space. Aside from the Apollo moon missions, no one has ever gone past the Van Allen radiation belt. The Apollo moon mission had no protection against the radiation, and astronauts don't even seem to know about it. Any ill effects from the Van Allen radiation belts? No. Now, I'm not sure we went far enough out to, to encounter the Van Allen radiation belt. Maybe we did. The belts are 1,000 miles to 25,000 miles above then, the Earth. We, then we went right out through them. According to NASA, we can go no higher than low Earth orbit. The plan that NASA has is to build a rocket called SLS, which is a heavy lift rocket. It's something that is that is much bigger than what we have today, and it will be able to launch the Orion capsule. With it's Monday, December 11th, year of our Lord, 2023. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow this thing, get everybody and stuff together. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. I think it's pretty safe to say on this Monday, the 11th of December, 2023, we are back, folks. We are absolutely back. In a way, it's never been back before. Absolutely incredible developments over the last week. Not only did we start the week off last week with Vivek Ramaswamy essentially injecting the InfoWars talking points into the mainstream during the presidential debate, but of course the triumphant return of Owen Troyer, who will be back in the seat at the War Room this afternoon. And something happened on Twitter. I'm, I don't know. I must have missed it, but... Uh, but everybody's freaking out about it. It's absolutely incredible. Alex Jones has returned at Real Alex Jones at InfoWars. Is back at All I Do Is Owen. Owen Troyer's official account has been returned. Yes, folks. Elon Musk just rigged the 2024 election in favor of Donald Trump. There was an absolutely incredible Twitter spaces last night with Alex Jones, Elon Musk, Andrew Tate, Vivek Ramaswamy, General Flynn. It was a who's who, and it was an incredible conversation that almost had nothing to do with politics. It was all purely the human versus anti-human paradigm. And there was one particular moment. We'll have to, I'll have to clip it out. I mean, the whole thing was like two hours long. Elon Musk and Alex Jones going back and forth, talking about how to fight against the World Economic Forum. And that, to me, was the, my favorite part, talking about the World Economic Forum, challenging Klaus Schwab and Yuval Noah Harari and Bill Gates to a debate. Elon Musk even asking, you know, who appointed these people? Who do these people think they are, essentially? And at the time, talking about what it's going to take to save humanity, what is necessary to rescue our species from the clutches of this cabal of psychos. And Elon Musk is responding to this. And just about everybody on the space, while they were talking, you could hear little kids running around in the background or crying or screaming or playing somewhere. It was, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing to behold. We have a few clips from that, and we'll go to it. 
Elon Musk saying he was willing to go to prison to uphold his beliefs in free speech. Just powerful stuff all around, and uh, we'll get into it. So let's just begin today, as we do every day, with our Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Monday, the 11th of December, 2023. NBC News reports, Elon Musk restores X account of conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. Elon Musk has restored the X account of conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, pointing to a poll on the social media platform, formerly known as Twitter, that came out in favor of the InfoWars host, who repeatedly called the 2012 Sandy Hook school shooting a hoax. Did you know that, you guys? Sandy Hook, Sandy Hook, Sandy Hook, Sandy Hook, Sandy Hook. It's like all anybody on the left wants to talk about. There were some moments during the uh, Twitter spaces where like an hour and a half into the Twitter spaces, the first thing Elon Musk asked Alex was about Sandy Hook. Alex explained to him how Sandy Hook became the thing that's associated with him, not because he's spent an inordinate amount of time on it, but he spent about 23 minutes of his, you know, he has a three-hour-a-day podcast or three-hour-a-day radio show that he's, well, four-hour-a-day radio show that he's been hosting for 30 years. 23 minutes of that was dedicated to Sandy Hook coverage. And he explained it explained why it was identified as a vulnerability to be targeted, and that was sort of it. And then they moved on, and for like an hour and a half, they're talking about saving humanity. They're talking about the importance of free speech. They're talking about the World Economic Forum and so many other important topics. And then somebody lets a leftist on. Now, I, don't know how, I don't know how he got through. Some dude named Jason comes on and is like, uh, my question's about Sandy Hook, and everybody on the space is just like, oh, God, seriously, dude. And even Elon Musk or Alex Jones was like, I think people are sick of hearing me answer this, you know, in general. And Elon Musk was like, I think people probably on this spaces are, are sick of hearing you answer it. It's like enough already. Enough. We're moving on now. We're moving on now. But I love the way NBC News, again, tries to apply pressure to Elon Musk here. It poses new uncertainty for advertisers who fled X over concerns about hate speech appearing alongside their ads and is the latest divisive public personality to get back their banned account. And it's like you, you realize you, you blew your load already. You realize it's, it's over. You, you've already withdrawn all of the advertisers. You, you can't pressure him with that anymore. It's over. It's done. You have already done this. You've already threatened to pull your ads. You did pull your ads. Elon Musk didn't back down. He only doubled down. So you have nothing now. You fired your shot, and now it's over. You missed. Musk posted a poll on Saturday asking if Jones should be reinstated, with the results showing 70% of those responded in favor. Early Sunday, Musk tweeted, quote, The people have spoken, and so it shall be. Just incredible stuff. Again, we'll get into this a little bit more. We'll show you some videos uh, from the Twitter spaces and more coming up. Meanwhile, over 10,000 infants and children killed in Israel's Gaza genocide, hundreds of whom are still trapped beneath debris. That's a headline from Euromedmonitor.org from Geneva. Israel has killed more than 10,000 infants and children since the start of its attack on Gaza Strip on 7th of October, Euromed Human Rights Monitor reported in a statement issued Saturday. Euromed Monitor said that 23,000 Palestinians have been killed so far in the intense Israeli air and artillery attacks on the Gaza Strip, including 9,077 children, as hundreds of additional children remain trapped under the rubble of destroyed buildings with little chance of survival, the total number of child deaths likely exceeds 10,000.
thousand. But to question that is anti-Semitism. So kill the children, Israel. Kill them all. Meanwhile, Ireland's social media enforcer prepares for an uncertain battle. Jeremy Goffrey will soon have immense power to police social media. He's just not quite sure how he's going to do it. Working from a nondescript building, a mere stone's throw from the offices of many of the tech giants now under his oversight, Godfrey is nine months into his tenure as executive chairman of Ireland's uh, media commission. The newly created regulator is on the front line of enforcing the European Union's new social media rules known as the Digital Services Act. And as many uh, companies under its purview, like Google and TikTok, have their European headquarters in the Irish capital. But have next year when the commission's powers, including levying potential hefty fines for infractions, takes effect, Godfrey and his team of 75 regulators are still figuring out how it's going to work. And just wait till you get a look at the guy's face. That's the real story. The real story is this man's appearance. Honestly, it's it's shocking. But no, obviously this new uh, wave of censorship and control is coming on the the tail end of some protest by the Irish about being replaced and genocided in their own nation. And, of course, the point of the censorship is to stop people from disagreeing with the establishment. You know, it's our democracy. When our democracy is at odds with the people, it's the people that have to shut up and the so-called democratic laws uh, just just roll on endlessly. Again, we'll return to that in just a little bit. Meanwhile, Secretary of State Blinken claims Russia will invade NATO countries unless Congress passes $100 billion aid – Secretary of State Anthony Blinken claimed that Ukraine will collapse and Russia will invade other NATO countries unless Congress authorizes $106 billion in foreign aid. And this is the new talking point. It's been rolled out. We covered it last week, but everybody is uh, picking it up today. And that is that essentially if you don't give them $100 billion, then American men and women are going to be sent to die on the front lines. That's essentially the blackmail that they're offering and uh it's horrifying meanwhile joe biden and speaker johnson to meet volodymyr Zelensky at the white house tuesday amid push for increased congressional aid for ukraine well the war's over they lost a year ago uh, but they're gonna just kill as many people and spend as much money as possible before the scam runs out we could have avoided all of this two years ago but you know, we had some contractors that needed to make bank. We'll be right back. Let's go to Highwaymen in Illinois. You're on the air. Thanks for calling. Hey, Alex. It's uh, great to talk to you. A long time, long time listener. First time actually getting through calling. First, I, I want to uh, give a little plug on something that I, I don't feel that uh, you plug nearly enough. Your dad's turmeric toothpaste is incredible. I be first to admit I've kind of neglected my teeth, and I started using your dad's toothpaste, and my gums stopped bleeding, brushing my teeth, and I mean it is dentist cleaning clean every time you brush your teeth. It is incredible. Well, again, my dad, I say it's 
retired. He doesn't do a lot of practicing, but he still has his license. He still takes care of friends and family and other folks. But yeah, he simply creates toothpaste with top toothpaste manufacturers that don't have fluoride, but then have all these essential oils, not just concentrated turmeric, but things like tea tree and a lot of other things in it. We don't really promote it a lot because the margin's so small, it, it won't fund the operation. But yeah, all three of his toothpaste, the turmeric, the tooth whitening, and the activated charcoal are all top of the line with no extra additives or fillings, full of essential oils. They will blow you away. Thank you so much for the plug, sir. In case you haven't noticed, world government, globalism, the attack on the family, open borders, fentanyl, wars, tyranny, surveillance, censorship, Satanism is all out of the open. But finally, people are waking up and realizing the threat. And it's InfoWars that the enemy recognizes is right at the tip of the spear. And that means you're the tip of the spear. And I'm asking all of you now more than ever to spread the word about the broadcast, to pray for the broadcast, and to get great products at InfoWarsStore.com that will enrich and empower your life. X2 sold out for over a year. Back in stock, selling out, discounted. Shorewide free shipping. Double Patriot points. Turbo Force, the strongest, most powerful nootropic out there. It is discounted. Back in stock. InfoWarsStore.com. Get Turbo Force. Get all the great products at InfoWarsStore.com. And I thank you all for your support. God bless and good luck. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Feels very good to be back here at the American Journal. As much as I enjoyed sitting in for Owen Troyer for the War Room, I don't know. I just you just like what you're used to, I guess. We got a big show for you today. Of course, covering the goings on yesterday on Twitter. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and put another video in here, another clip from the Elon Musk, Alex Jones space that went on for about two hours yesterday. Getting into a ton of different, very interesting topics with a lot of very interesting guests. A lot of interesting questions being asked. Some not interesting questions from losers being asked as well. But everybody made fun of them and they had to leave. And that's, that's the way it goes now. That's just the way the world is going to look from now on. So hope... They all just get used to it. We're not putting up with your crap anymore. We're over it. We aren't going to bend to your uh, demands for censorship or holding your tongue when you know the truth. Elon Musk, again, just continues to impress me, and I know some people have a problem with this. But it, and it was an interesting dichotomy that took place last night. People like myself... People like I saw Clint from uh, Liberty Lockdown just celebrating what happened, just going, that space was amazing. This is incredible. Like I, I bring up uh, Liberty Lockdown because he was like you know, talking about I think the redhead libertarian got to ask a question in the space. And he's like, it's just so cool that like my personal friends are on these you know, spaces with the, most, with the most powerful people in the world. I mean Elon Musk is, I believe, still the richest man in the world. 
just celebrating and just being happy about it. And then there were people that actually got to be in the space, actually got to participate in the conversation and say things in the space publicly, like Jackson Hinkle and even uh, Laura Loomer. And they're like bitter and angry. <laughs> like All their tweets are like, why was I shut up? Why was I muted? And it's like, well, you actually got to participate. So stop complaining. What's wrong with you? And then, you know, of course, the dichotomy of uh, joyful, human-loving, free people celebrating what's happening and a bunch of ankle biters on the right and vicious, hateful morons on the left being very angry that Alex Jones would be allowed uh, back on Twitter. Essentially all parroting exactly the same talking points, all very angry that their smear campaign against Alex Jones did not destroy him for life. As Alex Jones is being reinstated on X, the official at InfoWars account has been reinstated on X. At All I Do Is Owen has been reinstated on X. It's a brilliant thing. It's a brilliant and amazing event that just took place. And it is thanks to Elon Musk. So say what you want about him. The dude puts his money where his mouth is. His mouth where his money is. And we should just have, if we can just grab the clip, I think it should just be a standard clip we have now of Elon Musk saying, go F yourself to the, uh, to the advertisers threatening to pull money from Twitter. As with all these articles like NBC News, it poses uncertainty for new advertisers. Oh, well, here's some certainty for you. Go F yourself. That's certain. That's a certain statement. So they've already... They've already done this. They've already dropped the bombs, right? Their their armory is empty. They've threatened to pull all of the funding over and over again. First, just for the idea that Elon Musk would buy Twitter and make it a free speech platform. And then because he allows people who are contrarian to the official narrative to get back on, because he allowed Donald Trump to get back on, because he actually agreed with a statement about the Great Replacement or about, you know, Israel bombing Gaza into smithereens. It's just, you know, they've already wasted all of their ammo. Time and time again, they threaten or actually do pull advertising because of concerns for hate speech or whatever other ridiculous nonsense they they claim. And now Alex Jones is back on. They're like, well, maybe we'll g- remove our advertising. It's like you already did. Okay, well, maybe we'll pressure you by launching lawsuits. You already you did that too. Or maybe we'll write articles. Write all the ones you want. You have nothing now. Your power has been severed, and we thank Elon Musk for taking on that. And he really – he's the real deal. I mean I don't know what else to say. He's just the real deal. Let's go down to clip number four. Here is a clip from the space last night. Elon Musk in response to a question from Jack Posobiec about government requests to censor users on X. Uh, here's Elon Musk's very powerful response to Jack Posobiec's very valid question. Well, actually, Congressman Gates, the, the fact you mentioned that uh, about the FBI and CISA, this has been the huge thing that's come out of the Twitter files. And it's it was a two-way street. So while you're tracking what the government was doing in 2020 vis-a-vis censorship, really leaning on regards to the Hunter Drive laptop, which we released in October of 2020. This is actually a huge question for X going forward into 2024, because Elon, you've said that you want to be 
in uh, you know working in conjunction with within the confines of the law. But the question is, if that law is being enforced by the law enforcement agency of the FBI or the DHS, and then they come to X and say, these posts need to be censored, this information needs to be censored because we've determined whatever it is, you know, how does X make that determination? Well, if, if, we, if we believe that something is, is not in accordance with the law, then we will ask a, a, a judge or jury to um, make a decision. Um, so, yeah. we, we, don't, we don't have much of it. That, that is the best we can do. Um, so, uh, and, and I, I just want to be. You just cut out again, Elon. You got a call. Oh, sorry. Oh, um, back. Yeah. Uh, I just want to be clear that the X platform will aspire to be as neutral as possible. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that, that's, and, and to be as open and transparent as possible. I, I, I think we, we will be, I think we will achieve maximum transparency. I think, I think we'll be, I think we'll be fully transparent, um, you know, hopefully by early next year, but, but, but I, I would, I, I'm, I'm confident we'll be, be fully transparent by the, by the time the, there is an election next year. So like basically people will just see anything that is happening on the system and, and nothing will be hidden. That is the goal. Well, if, if, if those agencies though, the FBI, the DHS, et cetera, if they reach out to X, I believe they called it defensive briefings in 2020 regarding, which eventually culminated in the censorship of Hunter Biden. If they started reaching out again, would that be something that you or the team and, and no, I can understand if you want to answer now, but you would consider making public. We will be as transparent as is po as possible with uh, with that, you know. Yeah, and, and frankly, if, if if I if I think a government agency is breaking the law in their demands on the platform, I would I would be prepared to go to prison personally if if I think they are they are the ones uh, breaking the law. I would be prepared to go to prison personally to defend free speech. I believe him. I think he would. Richest man in the world. Put his money where his mouth is. More on the other side. Stay with us. What if you had a chance to take on the globalist? What if you had a chance to stand up against everything the UN and Bill Clinton and Barack Obama and all these globalists are doing? Would you support it? Well, guess what? We're not some fly-by-night operation. I've been on air 29 years, and we have devastated the New World Order together. But now more than ever, I need your support, and I make it easy by bringing you the best books, the best films, the best supplements, the best water filtration, the best everything. And right now for Christmas, only a week or so left, free shipping store-wide, double Patriot points, X2 back in stock, massively discounted, Vitamin Mineral Fusion, about to sell out, still discounted, Turbo Force, 10 hours of energy, back in stock. Please go to InfoWarsStore.com right now, ladies and gentlemen, and get great products and fund the InfoWar. I respectfully ask for your support, and I thank you for your support. God bless. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. 
little Christmas Let your heart be light Just enjoying the music for a moment Next year It really does seem like if you go to X The only thing anybody is talking about is the return of Alex Jones The long-awaited, long-overdue return of Alex Jones, of Owen Schroyer, and the at InfoWars official account. If you haven't already, follow those three at Real Alex Jones, at InfoWars, and at All I Do Is Owen. What a, what a great week Owen's having, too. He'll be back on the War Room later today. We did a extended interview with Lauren from Some B I Know, host of Big Dig Energy. On Friday, we might play a little selection of that later in the show. Today, we'll take your calls throughout probably the second and third hour. That interview, if you do want to see it, is on Bandot Video, How to Win Friends and Radicalize People. (laughs) We got quite a bit into just sort of our path towards where we are now, finding ourselves in the InfoWars studio, having both sort of started out in conservative households, been swayed through high school and college to the Daily Show-style liberalism after being totally disenfranchised and uh, disillusioned by the warmongering of George W. Bush, only to figure out that the people who were promising peace and prosperity and unity were really the biggest crooks, grifters, warmongers, and racist of them all. So we reject that side and have returned here to conservatism and libertarianism and the right wing where all sensible and loving people eventually end up. It was a very, it was a very fun interview and we went way longer than we thought we would. So go watch that now on Bandad Video. And of course, support us at InfoWarsStore.com because while our, our reach may be getting bigger with social media being opened up for us, It's not exactly – doesn't exactly keep us on air. What keeps us on air is when you go to InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWarsStore.com is the only way that we are able to stay on air. It's the only way that we're able to continue to produce not just American Journal and The War Room and The Alex Jones Show, but to keep Band.Video online as well as all the great content creators we have there. Go now to InfoWarsStore.com. Take advantage of the InfoWars Christmas Mega Super Sale, biggest sale of the year with our top products back in stock and on massive discount. Plus, you're getting double Patriot points. Plus, you're getting free shipping. Now is the best time ever to go to InfoWarsStore.com. Stock up on Survival Shield X2 at 25% off. Stock up on DNA Force Plus at 40% off, which is a huge discount. That's one of the more expensive supplements because of the difficulty in acquiring the very high-quality ingredients that go into those supplements. So 40% off, 40% off you're, you're really making a massive massive savings and uh stock up the more you buy the more you save infowarsstore.com keep us on the air keep us in the fight keep yourself healthy with our incredible supplements now let's go to another clip from the elon musk alex jones space this is one thing that i wish they'd spent a little bit more time on and you saw in the last one and elon musk repeatedly made this point that he really is a believer in laws and that the way he's running twitter is Basically, if the people of a country elect people who make a law, then that's what he adheres to. 
but he's not going over and above what the law prescribes, and he's not circumventing or you know allowing people to post things that are against the laws of different countries where X operates, which is all fine and good and, and the appropriate way to approach things. But then what I would want to ask and what I think needs more consideration is things like the World Economic Forum or these other organizations, neo-fascist, neo-feudal, great reset style stakeholder capitalism, which of course we call the great consolidation rather than the great reset. The great consolidation is that great intermixing of corporate and political interest to progress the same globalist agenda. And so when you have companies getting together, banding together in conglomerations and then withholding money as in the form of advertising from places like X in order to pressure or blackmail them into doing what they want. Well, there's nothing really legal or illegal about that. It's not a process of law that's taking place. It's also not illegal for them to do that, certainly immoral, and it's certainly done in cooperation with and collaboration with the governments who can't do anything legally. So instead, they sort of farm out their influence to their corporate lackeys. And how do you approach that? How do you combat that? How do we defeat that for the sake of team humanity? This topic did come up, and Elon Musk and Alex Jones touched on it a bit. Let's go now to clip number eight. Here is Elon Musk saying he would be happy to debate people like Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates about the future of humanity. Let's watch. Well, I'm certainly um, happy to have a debate uh, with uh, Klaus Schwab uh, and, or, or others. Um, you know, I, I, I think you guys may have been following what's going on in Davos uh, more than than I have, or and certainly more than the vast majority of people have, I think most people don't even know that there is a conference in Davos or the, or the World Economic Forum. Um, and uh, I've, I've 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 only seen snippets, um, but you know some of the snippets are concerning. And you know I don't I don't think we should have a sort of an unelected, quasi governmental organization deciding our future. Uh, that's I mean who said who, who made them the boss? I I, don't, I mean. Do people even know that they're doing this? Um, like, they're, I'm I'm not okay with some organization, you know, in, uh, that I don't vote for, controlling, you know, my destiny or that of other people. Um, so, and and I don't know if they're necessarily fully controlling, but they certainly are influencing things. And uh, you know, and it's. You know, I just don't. I think an unelected world government is is not a good idea. Well, how, how, how much? You know, how much? Elon Musk breaks the internet. Elon, uh, on that point, CJ, I'll go to you right after for a question. Then Suleiman. But on that point, how much control you, you kind of change it, whether control or influence? Because on one side, you've got people that say you know they control the world. Every decision is, is kind of influenced, or, 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 or you know they They're make that decision behind the, the world. On, on the other, on the other. On the other side, there's the, the people making the argument that they're trying to do the right thing and things are being taken out of proportion. It's all a conspiracy. Where do you think on that spectrum, um, in your opinion, uh, we stand? Well, I mean, the, the original premise of the World Economic Forum was to have um, a, 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 some kind of forum where, where there would be interaction between government leaders and um, commercial leaders, sort of the heads of corporations and governments, and, and that, that there would be some forum for them to talk. Um, and like that original premise, I think is is not a bad one um, because right now you've got you've got the UN, but but that's just that's just government to government, um, and you've got 
you know, a bunch of sort of individual situations where, uh, you know, commercial leaders will will meet with, with government people one-on-one. But there's the, you know, the, the, the sort of the good part of the World Economic Forum is like, it's like it's probably good to have some dialogue between uh, commercial leaders and government leaders uh, internationally. That's that's the that's I think the, the, the positive side, and that's originally how I heard about the World Economic Forum. And and I was I was invited to speak there many years ago, uh, which uh, I, I was just too busy working, and I was like, well, I, I can't really go spend five days in Switzerland. I, I have I have work to do in America, um, so. Uh, and and, and they really wanted me to, to come talk there, but also pay them twenty thousand dollars. And I'm like, uh, that doesn't make sense. So I declined the invitation. Um, and um, now now it does it does seem that since that since inception, perhaps this organization has gained a bit too much power um, and and a bit too much influence. Um, and and I think it probably you know it should have less power and influence, is my opinion. million people so far have listened to that Spaces since it's aired live on X. Andrew Andrew Tate, Alex Jones, Vivek Ramaswamy, Representative Matt Gaetz, Elon Musk together, not talking about politics, talking about humanity versus the machine, humanity versus the World Economic Forum and their slaves. What would you do if there was a tyrannical totalitarian world government taking over? whose plan was to kill 90% of the world population, and they were already beginning to do it. You would rally against it, you would fight it. And that's what we're doing. This is the reality of 2023. I just want to thank listeners and viewers for your last year's support. and want to encourage you now more than ever to spread the word about the broadcast, to pray for the broadcast, to take clips and share it from the broadcast, and to buy products that enrich your life at InfoWarsTore.com. We have the signed or unsigned copy of my new book, The Great Awakening, The Plan to Defeat the Globalist and Launch the Second Renaissance. Twice as long as my last book, incredibly powerful, signed or unsigned, InfoWarsTore.com. And we have X2 finally back in stock after over a year, InfoWarsTore.com. We have TurboForce, 10-hour clean energy, back in stock, and a bunch of other great products as well. So please visit InfoWarsTore.com and do your Christmas shopping there. Fund the InfoWar and get great products all at the same time. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. going well for the globalists, folks. I'll be honest with you. 
They've already wasted all of their ammunition. And yet all of their plans are collapsing. We've even heard from their own statements lamenting the failure of COVID to force people to get the vaccines. It just didn't work. Now mainstream outlets are reporting on the data out of New Zealand of massive spikes in death immediately following the vaccine batches. It didn't go so well for them. And in fact, they have to be sweating at this point, realizing that there's no statute of limitations for mass murder. That can't feel good. But that was just one of their many programs. The Ukraine war has totally failed. The war in Israel and Gaza has basically done nothing but made everything significantly more dangerous for Israel. And its existence much longer into the future is not so certain these days, which is obviously unfortunate as it's supposed to serve as the world capital for the one world unelected government. But everybody knows about the World Economic Forum now. Their plans are falling into nothing. These people obviously don't give up and they're willing to do quite literally anything to achieve their goals. So really it's dangerous for all of us at this point. We are all in extreme danger. And in fact, in January of next year, less than a month away, will be the new World Economic Forum cyber polygon activity. And you really do have to understand that wars these days in Ukraine and and Gaza, it might look like wars of the old days, but if America and Russia were to go head-to-head or if China were to do a full-on invasion of Taiwan and America get sucked into that, it wouldn't be a lot of armies moving from place to place. It'll be a lot of hack attacks and cyber attacks and shutting down infrastructure and collapsing trade routes and blocking trade routes and shutting down the world economy. War in the future is going to look very different than war in the past. They're prepared for it. I hope you are as well. Being prepared for the food systems to fail, the communication systems to collapse, the banking system to be wiped out entirely. It's probably their only path forward, considering that the banking system itself is teetering on the verge of collapse. And if they can't, if they don't feel comfortable starting a war, then maybe just faking a hack attack against the banks and shutting down that entire system would be the preferable path forward. In fact, on that note, I'd like to go to Clip number two here, because this is a follow-up to the COVID mass murder campaign that was carried out, where the world elite, including the top people in our government, as well as top people in corporations, coordinated by the World Economic Forum and other organizations like that, they created a lab, they created a virus in a lab, they released it on purpose, they allowed it to spread they imposed the lockdowns and the mask and the social distancing distancing that did nothing to stop its progress but did enslave everybody briefly for a few years, changing the world by design through their desired Great Reset program. 
And so then the UK launched a COVID inquiry. And of course, we reported on this when it was first announced. And it's just like, you know, it seems like it's going to be a good thing for the first about 30 seconds. And then you're hit with the reality where they're like, we're doing a COVID inquiry into all of the measures that were taken. And we're like, oh, my God, yes, thank you. They're like, to make sure that those measures didn't disproportionately impact people of color. And it's like, oh, God, all right. So you're not actually doing anything here. But it's actually worse than that. This may you know, be what this is really all about. Clip number two is from the COVID inquiry in the UK with the foregone conclusion of the inquiry charade that is designed and whose purpose is to insist that they didn't do enough fast enough and that it's because the national government was just unprepared and unqualified for this type of disaster. And so we need the World Health Organization to have superior power. We need them to, to be the authorities over nation states so that they can implement lockdowns and border controls and social distancing measures from on high before we have time to go through the very messy process of Democratic or Republican representation. Let's go now to uh, clip number two. Here's the COVID inquiry in the UK. Of course, we know about the WHO. We know it's unaccountable nature. The director general appointed through an opaque, non-democratic process. Too much power for international pharmaceutical companies. And these regulations propose the creation of a vast public health surveillance mechanism at public expense. But also, if the WHO itself was anything to go by, it would be substantially funded by the pharmaceutical industry. And crucially, as my friend from Don Valley just mentioned, it proposes that if the existing powers for the WHO to make recommendations about what countries should do should be upgraded from non-binding to binding recommendations. So it, it amounts to a vast transfer of power to the WHO. And what would these new regulations enable? Legally binding obligations on countries to mandate financial contributions to fund pandemic response activities. It could require the surrender of intellectual property and technologies. It could mandate the manufacture and international sharing of vaccines. It could override national safety approval processes for vaccines, gene-based therapies, medical devices and diagnostics. How would you give way? Thank you for giving way. Um, does my honourable friend agree with me that it was through the ability to react to COVID in a very agile way, which was only possible having exited the European Union at the time, that we were able to invest, procure and then roll out the vaccine that did, in fact, save millions of lives? And should th shouldn't this be a model, as he has, in fact, stated in his eminently sensible speech, as usual, that this should be a model, a model for moving forward? I'm grateful to my, to my honourable friend, and it's certainly the case, in my opinion, that the best aspects of the British uh, government's response were the ones that we were able to undertake using our own sovereignty, and I agree with that. The, the, the powers for the WHO extend potentially to ordering border closures on countries, travel restrictions, tracing of contacts, refusal of entry, forced quarantining, medical examinations, including requirements for proof of vaccination, and even the forced medication of individuals. And it's not just when there is indeed a pandemic already declared that these powers might be invoked. It's when there is simply the potential for such an emergency that the WHO claims this power. So again, they're going to take the abysmal failure of all of their corrective measures for COVID 
and the fact that they failed completely and instead of saying, well, we did lock down, we did the vaccine, we did all this and it didn't help. So let's not do that next time. They're going with we have to surrender our sovereignty to an international group so that we can do it harder and faster the next time around. Completely insane, completely anti-scientific, completely unfounded in any logical realm. But it's not about logic, is it? It's not about health. It's not about safety. It's about power, and they're on the hunt. Meanwhile, Newsweek.com has finally picked up the story. COVID vaccine death, death data leaks, spark new, uh, sparks arrest. It blew my mind. A New Zealand man was recently arrested after allegedly illegally accessing COVID-19 vaccine data from the country's health agency. Barry Young, 56, a former IT employee at the Te Watu Ora, the country's health agency, was arrested and accused of illegally obtaining COVID-19 vaccine data and sharing it on the Internet, the New Zealand Herald reported this week. On Tuesday, Young appeared on InfoWars, where he was interviewed with the show's host, Alex Jones. Quote, I just looked at the data and what I was seeing since the rollout, it just blew my mind. I was just seeing more and more people dying that shouldn't have been dying. It was just obvious, Young told Jones. Following the leak, Te Watu Ora Chief Executive Margie Appa issued a statement saying, from what we have established to date, the individual downloaded a large amount of vaccine-related information. We're still working to confirm the full extent of this activity. The data, as published on an overseas site, appears to have been anonymized. Analysis of the release data is ongoing, but work so far has not found any national health index numbers or personally identifiable information. And just like when Hunter Biden sues over his laptop being leaked, this is confirmation that the data is in fact real and valid. It wasn't made up. It wasn't fabricated. The conclusions that he came to weren't erroneous. It's the, the problem that they have is that he illegally accessed it, illegally published it, despite the fact it was totally anonymized. They really don't have a complaint to make. The real complaint should be that this data was withheld from the people because this data clearly shows an extreme and troubling trend of death immediately following vaccination, as we've reported extensively here. In case you haven't noticed, world government, globalism, the attack on the family, open borders, fentanyl, wars, tyranny, surveillance, censorship, Satanism, is all out of the open. But finally, people are waking up and realizing the threat. And it's InfoWars that the enemy recognizes is right at the tip of the spear. And that means you're the tip of the spear. And I'm asking all of you now more than ever to spread the word about the broadcast, to pray for the broadcast, and to get great products at InfoWarsStore.com that will enrich and empower your life. X2 sold out for over a year. Back in stock, selling out, discounted. Shorewide free shipping. Double Patriot points. Turbo Force, the strongest, most powerful nootropic out there. It is discounted, back in stock, InfoWarsStore.com. Get Turbo Force. Get all the great products at InfoWarsStore.com, and I thank you all for your support. God bless, and good luck. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Second hour of American Journal is on. We'll be taking your calls throughout the show today. We'll give out the number here momentarily. Before we do, I want to go to a clip. Really kind of a crazy clip. It's clip number 
Oh, yeah, clip number 11. Okay, so apparently during the Republican debate last week where Vivek Ramaswamy, of course, made waves just telling the truth about things like the so-called great replacement, saying it's not a conspiracy theory. It's published the published platform of the Democratic Party. Everybody knows this. It's obvious. But he shattered the Overton window by actually talking about it. Be nice to see uh, be nice to see a white person advocate for white people. But, hey, we'll take what we can get. You've got the Home Secretary in the UK, I believe an Indian woman, saying, you know, migration has failed. Integration has failed. She basically is upset that England is not recognizable anymore. It'll cease to be the country it has been for the last 10,000 years if this were to continue. And here we have Vivek Ramaswamy, an American of Indian descent. She's the only one uh, brave or caring enough to point out that there is a designed campaign of replacement taking place at the southern border with five to 10,000 people a day crossing unhindered into our country. And so during this debate, apparently there was a a little break. There was some sort of eight-minute uh, ad break that happened. It seemed like it was technical difficulties, but it turns out that they just didn't want Vivek Ramaswamy saying what he wanted to say. We'll start the clip here, and we may have to finish it on the other side, but uh, this was posted on, on X, and it was the first I saw it, so I wanted to bring it to you here. Uh, let's watch the censored, ver- the censored segment of the debate last week. Let's watch. Competitive marketplace begins. Next question. He says this was the 2023 okay. Fourth Republican debate. What you're about to see is exactly what happened. The Trump administration and private industry developed a COVID vaccine in record time. And it seems to have freeze. It says the screen the screen froze, then went black. This screen came on with some GOP buzzkill melody, saying we'll be right back. The break lasted for over eight minutes. This is what you didn't see. They actually got the footage. That didn't the Trump air. administration and private industry developed a COVID vaccine in record time. The program protected the drug companies from virtually all lawsuits over vaccine injuries. The government has a program to compensate for such harm, but critics say it is a black hole of bureaucracy. 12,000 claims filed, 10% decided, only eight payouts so far in a forum with no right to counsel, no hearings, no appeals. Mr. Trump says he's very proud of warp speed. Should he be? Well, this question specifically on liability goes back to actually Reagan. And Reagan is a president who I admire. Many of us do. I think that reviving that spirit is in many ways going to be good for this country in so many ways. But one of the areas where he erred was this special form of lobbying to say that one kind of manufacturer, a vaccine manufacturer, cannot be sued for their product liability. So I have pledged it is part of my legislative agenda. We will repeal that, just like we will repeal every other form of crony capitalism. People who have been harmed by those vaccines deserve accountability. They cannot be forgotten Americans. And I think one of the top lessons we learned from that COVID pandemic is that free speech in this country is most important in those alleged times of emergency. If we had been allowed to openly debate the merits of those vaccines, they would have been never mandated in the way that they were. 
And in general, I don't think that we should want capitalism and democracy to share the same bed anymore. It's time for a clean divorce. Let companies be companies, but I don't like the crony capitalism. This dates back a long time in both parties. And I think that we need to end the lobbying. And I personally believe that if you have been working in the government, you should not lobby that government for 10 years. If you have been a government elected official doing deals with companies, be they Boeing or be they pharmaceutical companies, you should not join the board of that company. So we'll continue this clip on the other side. But this apparently was not aired on News Nation. Chase Geyser is your host on The American Journal, the chronicle of a nation's dreams, dilemmas and determinations. chairman of the FDA, the leader commissioner of the FDA, ended up on the board of Pfizer. Nikki Haley did deals with Boeing, ends up on the board of Boeing. I don't care if it's a Republican or a Democrat. We need some basic principles that end the corruption in government. That's how we got the health insurance exemptions. That's how we got the pharmaceutical product liability okay, exemptions. We end we, the corruption. We Sorry, need... People didn't see that answer. They saw dead air and then commercials for another five minutes. So this is what this is what people saw if they were watching uh, watching it live. And then the show came back. It was the final question of the debate. Alabama. Final question before closing statements, and we want to get you all in. So we're going to give you 45 seconds for this last one, Governor Christie. We're going to start with you. Which former so, president would you yeah, draw we can, we can ignore the, uh, the, the answers to that question. But very interesting. Vivek Ramaswamy uh, calling out this practice in the American government, this wholly corrupt deal they made with pharmaceutical companies where they're the only company in the world, the only you know, industry in the world, at least in America, that can not just peddle its – very risky goods without any fear of being sued for unexpected uh, side effects, but actually mandate it. And that's the real sticky part of this is that the way that you get protection from liability is that you get your vaccine on the childhood schedule. And so pharmaceutical companies are actually incentivized to mandate their products to school children because only by doing that do they avoid the liability if the vaccines are proven to be ineffective or damaging in any way, which seems backwards to me. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just some normal guy. I'm not some sort of pharmaceutical lobbyist. Maybe I just don't understand. seems to me that it's the products that you're mandating children take that should have the highest level of rigor and protection around it. But no, it's, it's the opposite now. So good on Vivek Ramaswamy for bringing up that as well, even if it didn't get to air. Well, it's been aired now on Infowars.com. Now I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone lines for your calls this hour and the next. We are going to be playing a few clips from the interview I did with Lauren from some B I know that's available now on Bandai Video. But for the rest of the time, we'll be taking your calls and getting into some of these other stories, including illegal immigration, more COVID stuff, and Ireland. Man, Ireland is really, really – I mean they made the mistake of 
trying to actually stand up against their leadership, and the Irish leadership has chosen to go to war with its own people on behalf of everybody else, going to war against the Irish, who by all accounts and by all polls oppose illegal immigration by something like 75 to 90 percent, 75 to 90 percent of the Irish say we want less immigration. The government does it anyway, and if the Irish people protest or riot because their will is being overridden by crony capitalist scumbag globalists in their government, then they make it illegal for them to protest or to speak out, and now they're passing all of these measures for social media censorship as well as increasing the rate and the ease by which illegal immigrants will be able to bring over their whole families, and we'll explain that a little bit later. But I do want to go ahead and give out the phone number, the number to dial. If you do want to call into American Journal, one 789 2539 Give us a call here live Monday morning, one 789 2539 Give us a call. And we can get into – let's get into what's going on in Ireland right now. First, from Gateway Pundit, and look – you know, there's lots of people out there in the right-wing sphere that are really good at and really enjoy making fun of the way people look. You can find whole shows where it almost entirely consists of just roasting leftists for being ugly, dysgenic freaks. Uh, we don't do that here. We think everybody's beautiful. We think your your physical appearance has little to do with your spiritual importance or value or worth. However, I'm going to make an exception here. I'm going to make a very rare exception for one Jeremy Godfrey, head of Ireland's Ministry of Truth, who's now responsible for social media censorship and policing free speech. The man looks like a cartoon character. The man looks like a cartoon character drawn by somebody Who's blind or something? I don't know. I don't even know. I, don't, I just don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe he's a brilliant speaker. I don't understand. But I'm a little bit worried about this. I'm a little bit worried about this. Uh, the man's goofy looking. He's just a goofy looking dude, Jeremy Godfrey. And he's been appointed as the executive chairperson of the media commission a body responsible for social media censorship and policing free speech in Ireland. Hey, if I looked like that, maybe I would want to stop people from speaking out against me as well. The appointment comes as part of Ireland's effort to enforce the Orwellian EU's Digital Services Act of 2023, which requires online platforms with over 45 million active monthly users to focus on, quote, moderating harmful and abusive content. Jeremy Goffrey will soon have the authority to impose fines on social media platforms that permit, quote, hate speech and cyberbullying. He has immense powers to police social media. He's just not sure how he's going to use it. By early, early next year, when the commission's powers, including levying potential hefty fines for infractions, take effect, Godfrey and his team of 75 regulators are still figuring out how it's going to all work. The Irish Watchdog's remit covers everything from overseeing the country's broadcasting industry to enforcing EU-wide online terrorism regulations. It must also coordinate with other European regulators on policing the bloc's online content rulebook. It will share powers with Brussels on many aspects of the world's first 
of the world's first social media legislation, which aims to quell the spread of hate speech and disinformation on the world's largest online platforms. Now we've talked, I mean, we've been at war with this concept of disinformation for a long time. We know provably now most of the things that they initially refer to as hate speech or disinformation or misinformation is in reality truthful. It's real. The claims about COVID lockdown being hugely damaging, that was considered disinformation, but it was absolutely real. Hunter Biden's laptop was called disinformation. It was proven to be absolutely real. The things being called hate speech are often just native people not being okay with their own government spending God only knows how much money to import in millions upon millions of foreigners to their shores to ostensibly shore up the economy. But time and time again, that's proven to be not just wrong, but an inversion of what actually happens. And in fact, I'm not sure if I, if I printed it out or not, but we're going to talk uh, a little bit later, and I may just have to go to it on my computer. A study done by the Dutch government about the nearly half a trillion dollars that the Netherlands has spent on their migrant population, similar numbers to what we've seen out of Germany, as well as places like uh, Sweden and France, who have actually had to – yeah, here's, uh, here's one of them. They've actually had to increase the retirement age because there's no more pension money and there's no more money in general because the migrants that they've brought in – uh, aren't actually working and contributing to the economy. In fact, the vast majority of them are on welfare. So again, I mean, this just on the face of it makes no sense. It, nobody is even making the case like they, they say like, well, we need 4 million new migrants into Ireland to prop up the pension. Okay. Even if that was the case, it doesn't make any sense. The people don't exist for the pension. The pension is supposed to exist for the people. But regardless... It doesn't even come to fruition. It's not even a valid – it's not a valid reason for, for any reason. It's like it just makes no sense. It just, this just makes no sense. I mean they're just bringing people in, paying for them to live there and do nothing and then making it illegal for the natives to speak out. One of the most frustrating things about being awake to the globalist agenda is seeing the general public still asleep. By and large, not aware of the magnitude of the incredible danger they're under, but also the ongoing attacks and the magnitude of the death caused by the lethal injections masquerading as vaccines. It is so frustrating to see people going about their daily lives oblivious. And you realize ignorance is not bliss, it equals death. But people are starting to really understand how serious things are, and that's that's a hard thing to do because to wake up to a dystopic reality and realize that we're in the middle of a giant biological weapons war against humanity and that there's mass sterilization that's already taken place and they're cutting off all the major energy sources is really hard to deal with, but it's the reality. Facing it is our only chance to turn this around because stuff's about to get really, really nasty. Infowars.com. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalists at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. 
Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. We'll go to your phone calls here shortly. I'll start with a little follow-up to... The migrant situation in Europe and just how nonsensical literally all of it is. Ben Warren has a great piece on this published today at InfoWars. Migrant-loving Western leaders are at war with their own people. The ongoing ruling class meltdown of recent Dublin riots tell us a lot about the breadth and depth of the gulf fixed between Western governments and their citizens. It's as if those in charge are outraged by the temerity of their subjects to cry out over the pain and death inflicted upon them by their supposed leaders. Angry Irish citizens took to the streets chanting enough is enough after suffering the latest consequence of mass migration. The November 23rd stabbing attack, which left three children and two adults, in which uh, two children, uh, three children, two adults were injured in central Dublin, having failed to be heard by the policymakers who are destroying their quality of life. They burned buses, torched police cars and clashed violently with officers. And of course, now they uh, used this as an excuse to shut down uh, conversations about this on social media and elsewhere. However, 75% of Irish people believe their country is taking in too many asylum seekers. An even larger majority, 76%, agreed it's justifiable for people to be angry when migrants are moved into their communities, which they do often in the dead of night and without even alerting the people in the town where they're moving a massive amount of migrants. So you've got 75% of the Irish disagreeing with the migrant policy. They're now being censored, shut down, and silenced as the violence is used as an excuse to uh, bring in even more controls of social media and and real life conversations as well. By the way, their hate speech laws don't stick solely to social media, but you can't speak out about it to your neighbors or friends without possibly being reported to the police. Sundayworld.com reports that the state spends $1.88 million a day on housing asylum seekers in 2023 as private operators enjoy profit. So this is in Ireland and Ireland alone, $1.88 million per day spent on housing so-called asylum seekers who are, of course, not asylum seekers in any way, shape or form. They are not fleeing persecution, nor are they arriving in the nearest safe country. They have been ferried to Ireland by a consortium of NGOs and UN operators who are bringing them by the millions for the stated purpose of propping up the Irish pension system, the Ponzi scheme that all Irish people and all people in Western so-called liberal democracies are forced into, forced to participate in. How can the migrants – so the, the, if the reason the migrants are bringing over is for economic benefits, 
what happens when those migrants aren't working and instead living entirely on the dole. When their existence in Ireland is funded entirely by the taxpayers who ostensibly need more migrants to prop up the pension fund. I mean this makes no sense. This makes no sense. None of it makes any sense. So you have to ask, are these people really that stupid? Do they, are they, do they really think what they're doing is good for the economy despite evidence to the contrary across the board? Or is the real reason that they're bringing in millions upon millions of people something else entirely? Does it have an entirely non-economic point, which is the destruction of the native population, a replacement with some sort of mixed mongrel race that itself will be indoctrinated into the neoliberal death cult of abortion and uh, selfishness so that you know within a generation or two they'll be no longer having kids they'll die out and then they'll bring in another crop and just keep this laundry mix going this this uh, laundry cycle of human beings but of course ireland is far from the only country experiencing this it's just happening really intensely there But a study entitled Borderless Welfare State, The Consequences of Immigration on Public Finances, shows that the Dutch have spent 400 billion euro in net cost to the immigrants who are replacing them over the period of 1995 to 2019. So they bring in people ostensibly to uphold and to benefit the economy. And what actually happens is the economy is drained to the tune of half a trillion dollars. They say if you ran the numbers on mass migration, it would show trillions of dollars funneled out of the Western world and essentially flushed down the toilet. Given the report's findings, it can be argued that the entire national revenue of the Netherlands from fracking and other natural gas uh, gas extraction measures over the course of approximately 60 years went entirely to feeding, housing, educating, and providing medical treatment for migrants and their children in the country. You heard that right. The entire income of the Netherlands from their fracking and natural gas reserves, which they do have a large industry in, for 60 years, all of that money has gone directly towards funding foreigners who are now living on the dole inside their own country. The Dutch government, again, released a report showing they've cost Holland, that migrants have cost Holland $400 billion in just 25 years. That's more than all of the profit since 1960 that the Dutch have gotten from their oil exports. The biggest migrant group in Holland is, of course, Moroccans. And he says this in response to the video that we showed on Friday of a Moroccan immigrant here in America who was a Twitch streamer in his home country claiming asylum, having spent $7,000 to get here, and now he expects the Americans to pay his way. The Dutch have been forced to give up 400 billion euros, so 24% of their nation could be replaced through immigration. Of the 17 million Dutch residents at the end of 2019, 13% were born abroad, first generation, and 11% were children of immigrants, second generation. Government spending on migrants is now above average for items such as education, Social Security, and benefits. Immigrants, on the other hand, pay less taxes and Social Security premiums on average. When added together, the net cost of immigration turns out to be considerable. For immigrants who entered in the period between 1995 and 2019 alone, these are some 400 billion euros, the amount in order of magnitude of the total Dutch natural gas uh, revenues from 1960s onward. So all of that money that could have gone towards improving the lives and paying for the retirements of the Dutch people who earned the money instead – 
is being given to the millions of foreigners who themselves are not working, not paying into the pension, and not really paying taxes, not at least paying more than they're receiving by a long shot. Meanwhile, changes to definition of family in referendum in Ireland could lead to increase in people seeking reunification with family who immigrated to Ireland. So they're redoing the a similar law that they have here in America where you have family reunification, which we like to call chain migration. Ireland has taken around 150,000 non-nationals in two years, and through this legislation, every one of them could bring up to 70 family members in their reunification system. Documents prepared by senior officials at high-level meetings said in the specific area of immigration, it's likely that the amendment will give a rise to increase, uh, rise to an increase in the number of people asserting family relationships. And of course, if you don't have an ID and don't have papers, which you throw away because you're supposed to pretend that you're an asylum seeker who's had, who uh, fled from a persecuting government, uh, then they can't prove or disprove that you're family. So that means every migrant that they've brought in already has a license to bring in 60 more migrants, 70 more migrants, I should say. Meanwhile, from Remix, on the 7th of December this year, Berlin also pays $1.5 million every single day to house migrants in just 12 build buildings. That's nearly half a billion dollars per year. And of course, just like in Ireland, the majority of Germans say migrants bring more problems than benefits and want limits on refugees, but saying that's illegal now because the elites want it. When I say this, I mean it from the very bottom of my heart. I want to say thank you to all the viewers and listeners for supporting the broadcast over the years. We together have changed the world at an incredible level. And I want to salute the crew as well and all of our sponsors and supporters. Ladies and gentlemen, wow, the fight has really been joined with the globalist. And as we go into 2024, the most important election in world history, it is now more important than ever to get around the censors and override the globalists. So keep spreading the word about the broadcast. Keep sharing the articles and videos. Keep praying for the broadcast and our reporters and the crew. And shop at InfoWarsStore.com, where for Christmas, we have the biggest sales of the year, double Patriot points, store-wide free shipping, up to 60% off on products like BrainForce Plus, BrainForce Ultra, TurboForce is back in stock, X2 is back in stock, Vaso Beach is back in stock. Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula, it's all there. My new book, The Great Awakening. Do your Christmas shopping there. Get great products and fund the InfoWar. Thank you. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, welcome back, folks. We'll go directly out to your phone calls now. We've got a Jay in South Carolina. You say the Twitter space kept you up all night. Yeah, I uh, I thought maybe I'd, I'd pop it in, hear what was going on for a little bit. I ended up listening to the entire hour and a half, two hour long broadcast. Thanks for calling in. Jay, you're on the air. Hello, Mr. Smith. Glad you're back in your seat. Glad Owen's back. And uh, I made a big order there of all your products the other day. And uh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to getting some more Turbo Force and, and everything. I got the X2. I still have the X3, but, uh, you know, anyways, um, I was up last night. I, I'm out on the road. I'm a truck driver. You know that. Yep. And uh, so I said, I, I, Alex said he was going to put all the excerpts of him on there. And I guess I got a little impatient. 
and I was looking through the uh, band art video archives, and I couldn't find it, and I said, eh, we'll go on X, and uh, I started listening. It started a little slow at first, and then, uh, boy, did it get good. And uh, Alex, uh, he, he like you, you hit on so many points with him uh, having to repeat himself when that uh, whoever it was that came in and asked the same question that uh, Elon asked about uh, the Sandy Hook situation. Then everyone was like, "Oh, again, <laughs> you know, we already answered this question." Yeah, but, even, uh, even Elon was, Musk was, was like, "Yeah, I think we're all kind of sick of hearing Alex answer that. Let's uh, talk yeah. about something else." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, I I, get, I gotta get when you say I, you told me what what Owen, I have something on Owen the um, not I don't have something on Owen the for the search for Owen what do I put in there the, the real Owen what is it it's at all I do is Owen at all I do at is all Owen. I do is a yeah okay I'll, and I'll that's that's Owen's uh, original account that was deleted in, I guess, 2020. I, I thought he was part of the wave of initial bannings because, you know, Alex Jones got kicked off in InfoWars. The official at InfoWars got kicked off and then Rob Dew got his deleted. I mean, a bunch of people got theirs deleted all at once. I thought Owen was among that, but I guess really he was kicked off in 2020 for uh, organizing protest against the lockdown. Uh, but I'd, I'd forgotten that, but that is the case. So yes, he's back at all I do is Owen. At Infowars, at Real Alex Jones, those are the three that that came back yesterday. Yeah, but anywho, well, um, there's so you. much. You know, I, I I wanted to say something, if you would, if I could. You yeah. know, there's so much information, like um, that Rob Du, I think, or uh, the the space situation there, yeah. and and Elon Musk is going into outer space and. And the the van something radiation belt and they can't get through and how all the sound stages and everything is all fake and everything and Putin I, I watched the thing Putin knows it's a you know it was a farce basically mm-hmm. you know and 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 Elon says all the information you know that he can put on on X now is uh, it, it's all there for you to read and see and everything well, there's so much information. It's in. It's overwhelming. How do you know, like, what's really going on? I mean, are we, we slaves do, to the Akhenanis or no? You got. You got to do. You just got to do research. I mean, it, it takes time, and you got to find people that you trust. I'll say, uh, you know, Greg Reese, of course, put together, and this is probably maybe his longest report ever. Putin told moon landing photos are fake, and that was about Google AI. Uh, looking at the Google photos, and I, or, I'm sorry, the Google AI looking at the moon landing photos. And saying that they're fake. But, you know, the Van Allen belt, this is like a big thing in in flat earth. But if you actually look into the Van Allen radiation belt, Van Allen himself, who discovered it and for whom it is named, himself, uh, you know, said, okay, actually, it's actually not that dangerous. Like he first thought it was really dangerous and was like, oh, my gosh, we'll never be able to get through this because – in order to shield yourself from the radiation, you'd have to have like lead plates, which are so heavy that it would make it impossible to fly a rocket ship with them on it. So it was like a controversy, but not for very long. So Van Allen himself, who discovered the radiation belt and first said like, oh, this might be a really big deal, later came out and was like, oh, actually, it's not that big of a deal. It's, we can pass through it no problem. It's, the radiation is stronger in some places than it is in others. So we can go through where it's not strong. It's not actually a big deal. It's not actually a major barrier to uh, 
to human space travel, except that it just has to be taken into account because you do pass through a, a belt of radiation. That's named after this guy, Van Allen, who himself said, yeah, it's fine. We'll be able to pass through it easily. So you just got to go in and, and do the research because they'll take uh, one statement uh, about you know, the Van Allen belt radiation being dangerous and run with that, not realizing that like shortly after that statement was made, they made another statement correcting it, saying actually it's uh, totally fine. So you got to do your own research, and yeah. that's you know that's the position of Infowars. Uh-huh. Everything, everything we say, you should question. Everything we report, you yeah. should look into yourself and determine for yourself whether or not uh, it's reality. But thank you so much for your call. Thank you so much for your support, Jay. And uh, I'm glad the uh, Twitter space kept you up. It was it was. Very powerful. Well, let's go to some more callers about the Twitter space. Uh, we'll come back to some of the other callers about other topics, but let's stick with this. Let's go to Mike in Tennessee. Mike, you were listening to the space. You say you heard some funny noises. Are you talking about the kids? There were kids. <laughs> there were kids running all over the place. That's what you're talking about, right? No, no. You know, I mean, I've seen Vivek trying to impress everyone that he's in shape. We've seen the videos with him doing push-ups. We've seen videos of him playing tennis. But nothing was more impressive than, <laughs> bless his heart, I thought one of the guys had their mic on and someone was, they had a hose on outside or maybe <laughs> oh, one man. of them decided All right, they so, were going to take so a people, shower. Uh, people this who man. don't know, hold on, Mike, people who don't know, <laughs> last night during the space, Vivek Ramaswamy was, uh, you know, on, on mic and forgot to mute himself and apparently was using the restroom. <laughs> I thought it just sounded like a sink running. I thought somebody had their sink running. I mean, yes. as much as, I mean, the, 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 space, the, the space last night was, <laughs> uh, was very entertaining. Spaces is super useful. It's totally unique. It's unlike anything else. I, I'm starting to really appreciate spaces more and more. But, man, there are some things they really need to, to work out. And one of them is that so often people have their mic on and don't realize it. And it's like somebody's saying something really powerful and, and important, but you hear like yeah. – food cooking or you hear somebody using the restroom or you just hear like a dog barking and they have to everybody has to stop and go okay somebody's got their mic on who is it who's got their oh you uh, vivek your mic's on can you mute it please and it's like it's annoying it's very annoying it's it, it interrupts the flow so they, they need to fix that on spaces whoever's hosting the space needs to be able to mute people that aren't you know talking i, I don't know why they can't but uh yeah yeah well, you know, that happened it, but, you know it, it brought a little it brought a little humor in there and it was all good but you know, as a 56-year-old man, I was impressed. No prostate issues for that young man. Uh, but now on, the, uh, on a serious note, I was listening, listening to you earlier, and you were talking about, you know, Israel might be overplaying her hand and could be in the, the process of getting wiped out. And then you said something interesting, and you said, um, and that's where, you know, the New World Order wants the capital, their capital. So here's my question. I've studied the Talmud. I've studied Zionism. And the, the, the Talmudic Zionists want Jerusalem to be the world capital where they rule the world. And they believe that they will have, in their understanding of paradise, each Jew will have 2,800 Gentile and Christian slaves. Mm-hmm. Now, if the New World Order is kind of on board with having Jerusalem and Israel as their capital, that's a problem because, you know, I love Trump. I voted for him twice. I think Jared is, is, is not a good guy. He's not a good influence. But, you know, Trump made this big thing that he wanted Jerusalem to be, and this is, these are his words, 
He wanted Jerusalem to be the eternal city. Mm-hmm. And that is coming right out of the Talmud. And I love Trump to death, but this is his Achilles heel. This Zionism is very deadly, and I just kind of wanted your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, uh, Christian Christian Zionism is, is much the same way. It's the, the world elite who I believe it is their plan to create a one-world government, and the headquarters of it will be in uh, Israel, and, and they'll be the world capital, essentially. And, you know, they use religious prophecy of the Jews and of the Christians to fall in line with that desire. So it all just uh, makes perfect sense. I think Zionism and, and communism are, are two sides of the globalist coin. We'll be right back. More of your calls. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed, dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. What would you do if there was a tyrannical, totalitarian world government taking over whose plan was to kill 90% of the world population and they were already beginning to do it? You would rally against it, you would fight it. And that's what we're doing. This is the reality of 2023. That's why I want to thank listeners and viewers for your last year's support. and want to encourage you now more than ever to spread the word about the broadcast, to pray for the broadcast, to take clips and share it from the broadcast, and to buy products that enrich your life at InfoWarsTore.com. We have the signed or unsigned copy of my new book, The Great Awakening, The Plan to Defeat the Globalist and Launch the Second Renaissance. Twice as long as my last book, incredibly powerful, signed or unsigned, InfoWarsTore.com. And we have X2 finally back in stock after over year infowarstore.com we have turbo force 10 hour clean energy back in stock and a bunch of other great products as well so please visit infowarstore.com and do your christmas shopping there fund the infowar get great products all at the same time you're listening to the american journal watch it live right now at band.video Back out to your phone calls. Let's go to uh, so Johnny in Denmark says to beware of Elon. Uh, go ahead, Johnny. You're on the air. Oh, hi. Can you hear me, Arch? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah, welcome back to uh, American Journal. Nice as it was to have you. And, uh, Thank you. Good to be here. Uh, yeah, good to have you back. Um, yeah, first, first and foremost, maybe, and I, I hate to be distracted by this, but let's just put an end to the Sandy Hook BS. I mean, I, I, Alex spent less than 1% of his time on that, and he just initially thought, as he, as well his right to, that there was something fishy about it, and I still do. And in fact, he uh, basically disavowed that position and brought on not a straw man, 
but an Iron Man for that position, um, uh, Dr. Steve Pachetic, who insisted that anyone who didn't think it was a fake <laughs> was just ignorant or, 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 or covering for them, um, and uh, cooperated with the process, submitted more than one million pages uh, in response to uh, discovery requests and over 100 hours of deposition. So this, uh, you know, to say that Alex, you know, insisted on this uh, and did not cooperate with the, with the with the process is utterly absurd. And let's just not say anything more about it. Um, okay, now on to uh, Elon Musk, uh, and this is kind of relevant because, um, as Alex often says, and I hate to say, it, Doctor Phil does too. You know, you should have a lot more faith in Alex. Obviously, uh, the best predictor of future behavior is relevant to past behavior. And if you take a look at Alex's record over the past 30 years, it has been um, pro-humanity, anti-NWO, right. uniformly. Now, has, has he been wrong about things? Sure, we all have. All that proves is that he isn't Christ's second coming, and we never thought he was, and he never claimed to have been. Right. However, contrast that to Elon Musk, uh, who you know may have had a come-to-Jesus moment. You know, as, as actual Christians, we believe you know, people do have those moments that are likely to have it. But as pragmatic Christians, we have to ask ourselves, and be skeptical about things, you know, is it, did he really have a come-to-Jesus moment, or is this just kind of a, you know, his being aligned with, with Alex and, and uh, us um, in pro-humanity, NWO, pro-Christian, uh, pro-America uh, people, for a real politique sort of way, as Henry Kissinger would put it. Mm-hmm. And what do, I, what do I mean by that? Um, he has been a tech um, U.S. dollar hecto-giga sugar baby of Uncle Sam's big, big socialism mm-hmm. for decades now, the last several decades. He got a $5.7 billion, uh from, from the U.S. Uncle Sam for SpaceX. I mean, you know, try to get, try to get a wall installed in your apartment and see how many products you have to get through. He got satellites going outside the earth. You don't do that without being able to suck up. And, you know, he doesn't want to bite the hand that feeds. I think, uh, however, this is a very good development because what he realizes, Alex Jones is a juggernaut. And this is evidence for that. And, and Alex Jones and Alex Jones's followers, us and InfoWars, et cetera, are the hand that feeds because we're staking our claim as the hand that feeds. Right. And it's not just SpaceX. So, so, so Tesla, he got $1.5 billion approximately, $1 to $1.5 billion of, 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 car, of carbon credits, and that's billion right. with a B. No, I, yeah, I, 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 I get what you're saying, Johnny. You know, Elon uh, really addressed this yesterday, talking about how he, he isn't really – how did he put it? He didn't say he wasn't like ideological, but he's just like – this is just logical. He's just like – I just want humanity to continue. His ultimate goal is for humanity humanity to be a multi-planetary species. He wants to see civilization continue. He wants to see humanity continue. And he's just looking at it like a scientist or an engineer with sheer logic. He's not, you know, obviously he's motivated by a love of humanity and he's, you know, encourages people to have kids. And in the space yesterday, he's like, that's the solution. Everybody should be having kids. We should all be having kids. We need more people. But he recognizes that, you know, sure, if if our fossil fuel, you know, so-called systems have an uh, innate or intrinsic expiry date, right, that they eventually will run out of these materials. Well, we need to use these materials now in order to achieve the civilizational sophistication that's required for renewable energy. So you have to use the energy that you have now in order to build the systems that will get you off the energy in the future. You need to be taking advantage of this. He's just pro-human and he's pro-civilization 
in a way that is very just logical and sort of like emotionless. He's just like, I want civilization to continue. Here's how I think it'll continue. I think these people are doing their best to bring it down, and that's bad. And it's like as simple as that. And I, I sort of wish there was a little bit more talk about the, the spiritual aspect of it or the metaphysical aspect of it. But he's almost just looking at it like a like an engineer totally dispassionately and just seeing what he sees as the best way forward for humanity itself. And that's why Alex and he came up with the term like team human yesterday on the space. Like we are just hashtag team humanity versus team technocracy, team globalism, team control and slavery and death. It's the death cult. And everybody seems to recognize this, which is why it was so interesting that the space last night wasn't political in any traditional sense. It was all about humanity versus the machine, humanity versus the anti-human agenda, which everybody seems to recognize. So uh, I, I think Elon gets that. I don't think he necessarily had a come to Jesus moment. I think he just is applying logic to the, the processes that are unfolding before us and seeing a, a corrective measure that needs to take place in terms of getting it away from the World Economic Forum. I would say if, I, if I'd been on the space, I, I would point out, Tim, that civilization is not Maybe not the right word. He kept using that term civilization. He's like, I just want civilization to continue. Civilization needs to move forward. I don't want to have a fall of civilization. And it's like you got to identify what civilization means and why it's worthy or why it's valuable. China is a very sophisticated. They're very civilized in a way. But in another way, they're extremely barbaric in the way they treat their citizens or the way their citizens treat animals or each other. I mean it's not – it's very sophisticated, but it's really sort of a form of barbarism. That's why I like and have pointed out many times that you know this term liberty is sort of the combination of freedom and civilization. You have to have a civilization. You have to have an organization and a, a you know humanity all working together, all doing their particular part, contributing to the whole. That's really good, but it all has to be predicated on and focused on the freedom of the individual within that civilization. If your civilization is just – there for civilization's sake, then there's nothing that says that the people in that civilization need to be free. You could actually make an argument that the freedom is a challenge, is a, is a threat to civilization, and you can crush freedom in the name of civilization. So I think if you're going to use the word civilization, you have to identify why that civilization is value and civilization's only value insofar as much as it guarantees the liberty of the people within that civilization. Otherwise, a barbaric freedom is preferable in my opinion. So I, I – I don't know where Elon stands on that, but he was pretty clear in his space last night about why he's doing what he's doing, and it's really um, very impressive. Let's go to Wild Bill in Iowa now. Thank you for the call, Johnny. As always, Wild Bill in Iowa wants to talk about the interview with Alex. Go ahead, Wild Bill. You're on the air. Good morning, Mr. Smith. Can you hear me? I hear you loud and clear. Great, great. Yes, uh, that interview was totally epic. When I first started listening to it, I could not get off of it. I mean, like grand slam home run all the way for team humanity. I tell you that, you know, uh, and I, I thought it was really hilarious as well. When Ramaswamy went in the bathroom without his mic too, you know, I thought I was just so humor and, uh, humor. And that was great. You know, I just happened to see him Thursday at a campaign rally up here in Northeast Iowa. And I gave him a bottle of X2 and Brain Force Plus, he promised really? he was going to use it. Yes, I did. Wow. And uh, he goes, oh, thanks, man. He goes, you don't need it. I'm like, I just got like four four more bottles in the mail. You need it. Not like you're, I mean, he's smart as a whip already, I know. But 
goes, well, thanks, I can really use this. So hopefully he uses it, and hopefully he um, will also become a purchaser of the InfoWord products as well. Um, I just awesome. signed up to Twitter. Yeah, I thought so, too. I just signed up to Twitter, and you can find me at, at Iowa Wild Bill or Wild Bill Iowa or something like that. I don't know how to look <laughs> okay. at my phone. I only got, I only got like 10 followers because I was, yes, a TikTok user, but I kept on getting shadow banned. I got too many community guidelines because I listen to InfoWars. I listen to you guys all day. I drive garbage trucks, so I'm always listening. And, uh, you know, so I'm got tired of banning, so I'm going to transfer all my content from uh, TikTok over to um, X, I guess you'd call it now. So. Well, that's, that's the place um, to be. Is it uh, at, yeah. at, at, at Iowa Wild Bill, not a sheep, but a lion for Christ, country, and humanity? Is that you? Yes. Yes, that is me. All right. Well, uh, I'm, you can look at some of the videos. I'm officially got, your your twelfth follower, sir. Uh, thank you so much. For, right, thank you so much for the call. Thank you for the support. Thank you for uh, helping Vivek Ramaswamy maximize his oh, intellectual hey, uh, also, capacity. Go ahead. I also got one more thing. You know, quickly. I got about the vaccines. I made up a magnet on my truck that says that a vaccine kills and masks don't work. And it's got about an Infowars.com. I get so many reactions out of that. That might be something you guys could probably sell in the future. Brilliant. Well, we, you know, whatever you can do to get the word out, folks, we are we are watching the globalists shake in their boots, desperately trying to figure out a way that they can stop what's already begun. The snowball is rolling down the hill. We are gathering momentum, and that's all thanks to you, the Info Warriors out there. We could not do it without your support and participation in this. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. But when we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers, they really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when we look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself, the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. And I want to encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. and That's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life while at the same time keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsStore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsStore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now.